On this episode of the Nerd Brand Podcast, we're discussing fundraising, but in a new light. Welcome back to the Nerd Brand Podcast. This week, we're talking about fundraising, but in a new light. So let's reframe, uh, instead of fundraising, let's reframe this as brand raising and discuss why brand is important for raising funds. On this episode, we've got Dave Bell from Volunteers of America. Welcome, Dave. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you all today. Yeah. Share with the folks a bit about yourself and uh, where you're from and... Who are you? Who is this mysterious man who's a fan of the show? We're happy he's here. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so I'm originally from the East Coast near Virginia Beach, Virginia, and I've been in Louisville for about uh, 10 years now. I guess I just passed 10 years in Louisville. And my background is uh, about 20 years with, uh, with the YMCA, which moved me around the country, mostly in the uh, resident camp world and camp world, which we have some stories prior to starting recording, uh, talking about <laughs> horror stories. Yeah, talking about camp life. Uh, and then I uh, ended up in Louisville as the uh, executive director of the downtown Y and did that for about five years and then uh, moved on from that role. Uh, to the Kentucky Science Center overseeing fundraising, marketing, and communications and membership. And uh, now I'm at uh, Volunteers of America as a Senior Director of Development. So oversee our fundraising and community engagement work there. I think you need more uh, experience on your resume. You think so? Yeah. Yes, exactly. I think you're missing a few beats. <laughs> can, can, you, can you show us anything else you've done? Exactly. exactly. You know, it's it's funny with that with that, cause I'm old now, but, uh, with that long career, like I still think I was at my best being a camp counselor, you know, I was just, that was what a sweet gig. Life was, <laughs> life was simpler. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I uh, remember going to a camp once, um, volunteering to help out at a church that I was at years ago. Um, it was such a strange experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't a counselor, but I was just like a chaperone type or whatever. I was like 25. And uh, I just, I didn't grow up in that environment. So I had no idea what was going on. It was just very weird. It felt like a cult. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's not far off. And it's interesting to interact with people. I I think when you, when you're in that world, you find people that they're either camp people or they're not. And if they, if they didn't go to camp, if they haven't experienced, they didn't work there, then they really have no frame of reference, you know, and there's all these great camp movies out there. You know, and people are, and, and some of them are pretty close. Friday like, the 13th? Friday the 13th. I, I, you know, that's it's, funny it's, enough. That's, that's basically that's, a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of my favorite, um, Meatballs from the 70s. Oh, yeah. Is, oh, is, is a classic. Personal, personal favorite. It's a classic. Um, Wet Hot American Summer is yeah. outrageous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's so much reality in that movie. It's ridiculous, but instant classic. Awesome. One of my favorites. Awesome. <laughs> Um, you were talking about you, I guess, counseled at a church camp. Um, when we, my wife and I first got married, kind of the big thing in their church was every summer they did like a family camp. But we never went because my wife, if she doesn't have a place to plug in a blow dryer or a curling iron, she doesn't really want to have much to do with it. <laughs> and then they call that glamping. Like, you know, <laughs> exactly. Like you just exactly. You still have all the, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. That would be me. Like I don't a, ca- a cabin with a- indoor plumbing, electricity, yeah. and preferably a hot tub somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to do so like a cabin. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm not a sleeping cabin. on the floor, not much less the earth. <laughs> so like, give yeah. me a bed. 
Um, so, but this episode is like, I, I heard a lot about fundraising. Fundraising is obviously very important. Um, but I kept noticing, um, or remembering from a Sarah Durham, um, way back at Big Duck. Yes, I said that right for those listening. Big uh, Duck. Yeah, that was not an edit. Quack. Um, yes, <laughs> as in quack. Uh, but brand raising is really the uh, the framework of which she wrote a book on to talk about how to do, you know, consider for, for fundraising. Um, earlier, you mentioned like one of these points we have, you've got a really good like grasp and, and was like immediately honed in on point number two that we have here. But we're going to start with the one. Yeah. So how communications connect to other channels. People are not just using Facebook. They use many other mediums to get information about you and discuss your brand. Um. You mentioned earlier, and we can edit this if you like, but uh, how tone comes across on social media and it needs to reflect the brand and not the person running the account. That was like, that's solid. That happens. Yeah. And it, you know, it's interesting. And I, yeah, we were talking offline about this, but, you know, as someone who, you know, speaks for an organization, you know, really understanding the voice and the tone of, of how your organization speaks to, you know, the public in general. And that, you know, might not oftentimes is not how the person is. And so, you know, having the right person that is the voice for the organization is so important. And I was telling a story when that was not the case where the individual was struggling with the voice of the organization and tried to blur those lines, which was not good for, for either. Ultimately, it turned out worse for the individual because the the brand at that point is most important and the voice yeah. of the organization. And so I think prioritizing that um, and those, I mean, I'm sure those are things that you guys coach organizations on all the time. And so how do you if, if an organization doesn't know their voice, how do you guide them to find that? What does that look like on your end? Well, I mean, the first step, one of the first steps, not to get too elementary here mm-hmm. and not to get into, well, by the way, here's something you can buy. <laughs> Shameless plug. Yeah. A brand guide. That's what, that's one of the purposes that a good brand guide mm-hmm. serves. It, it tells you this is the voice of your brand and mm-hmm. it, and, and it does that in each aspect of, of where the brand reaches out to the outside world, whether it's print advertising, mm-hmm. broadcast advertising, especially social yeah. for the, for the reasons Dave, that you mentioned, that is that there is this tendency because of the immediacy of social media to personalize it because mm-hmm. And the motives are generally good. I want this to sound human because social media is is a very human world. I mean, as far as the way it sounds, it's 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 or, the organic side of it. But you have to tell people this is what these are the word the types of words you use. There's a vocabulary. There's a cadence. There's a tone. Uh, there's and kind of a. I know you don't hear color, mm-hmm. but there is a color to it. So that's one of the purposes of brand guide. That's very elementary. And it takes more than just writing it down and handing it to somebody. You've got to have somebody in your organization who's in charge of that, who governs that, and make sure that everybody in the organization is reading from the same page and is is putting content out in a, in a way that's consistent. Yeah, yeah. Elementary or not, it's always a good idea to talk about it because mostly the elementary things are the things that we forget the yeah. fastest because we're so thinking treetop level. Mm-hmm. We sometimes forget that everything's got roots, and we have to kind right. of go back and refresh ourselves on it. So, yeah. and I, I think this happens and I, you know, I'm speaking from the nonprofit world because that's just where my career has been, but it's I'm universal. sure it happens. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it happens with other, you know, for-profit entities as well. But like, especially when an organization starts out small 
and then grows. And then they're like, oh, we should have done that right. on the front end right. instead of waiting and then trying to figure it out. And so that's, that's always an interesting thing to see because a lot of times, especially with nonprofits, I see it, you know, they grow and they still act like they're a small organization yeah. instead of like growing into adulthood. Well, so, uh, the interesting thing about it, especially in, in a, in the, in the D2C world, the direct to consumer world, you got all online businesses that start very small and they probably stay very small. And there's, there's a, a benefit that's projected to that end, that end customer. They like dealing with small personal entities. So there's value there that that's becoming, I think it's, it's, if not universal, it's, it's more widely, I think, um, believed and, and held to that people like people want to deal with, they want to feel like they're dealing on a one-on-one basis. So that, that, that can be a good thing, but the larger your organization gets, the harder it is to make sure everybody is understanding how you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why brand guides evolve. They're not a static document. I think you brought that up a lot. It, it, it should grow and grow with your organization. Um, I mean, once you've established what the tone and, and, and voice and color and visual representation of the brand is the different ways you express it are going to grow. You're going to do more social media. You're going to do more broadcast advertising mm-hmm. things like that. So you, yeah, you, you add those things as the business grows. There's, we deal with a lot of startups, so we don't want to throw too much at them because they're, they're having hard, hard enough time grasping what branding is all about anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as long as you can nail the basics down. And the funny thing is once you kind of get those basics and say, Oh, this is how we do it. You kind of instinctively start to pick up on, how you express that in the next thing. And, but that goes back to what you're saying. You've got to make sure everyone on your team understands this is how, this is, mm-hmm. this is what we sound like. Yeah. This is what we look like. And it, I mean, and it just makes it easy for everybody it is the other thing. It's like, they don't have to reach and stretch. You're always going to have those people though. I don't know, what is it about social media that people that work in that realm want to be expressive. It's just the personality type that gravitates toward working yeah. in social media. So you need to give them guardrails. Exactly. It's, it, it's interesting you mentioned that because I had a staff member that was head of social media one, at one point in my career and they were, they were just so introverted and they, had, they struggled with interacting. And I'm like, you're missing the social part of the social media. We really, really need to push, push yourself out there a little bit if you could, if you could do that. John in our studio audience, he's like looking away like, not me. Who are they talking about? Exactly. Um, this is a question I have for you all since I'm surrounded by experts, you know, as a, a volunteers of America. So volunteers of America mid-states who I work for, we have 50 programs under six overarching program line under six overarching program lines. How do you coach an organization when they have so many things that they do so many stories to tell, not getting in the habit of trying to tell every story every single time. My, the way that my brain works is I have to learn. And, and, and John is this way as well. We have to basically learn the organization uh, in and out. Um, When we got started, we did, we did a startup a while back. We learned, I think, more about how their business ran and what they were doing and who they wanted to sell to than maybe they did. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's kind of required that, you know, when we get into an account that is, a, a you know, at a certain stream that we have to we have to understand that because we're sitting next to the business strategy more than we are sitting next to the marketing team. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. and to understand those six pillars and how they're defined and how they sound. And like to Mitch's point, what he said earlier, we really have to know that before we just start going off, like saying like, Hey, let's do this. Cause that could be completely counterintuitive or counterproductive to what one of those pillars are trying to do. And then you have all of those programs underneath it. So, and I thought about this with VOA. It's like, they're not an organizational chart of the employees, but an organizational chart visually of the programs and the pillars themselves and putting that out there and creating that so that everybody can visually see like I reside here. And then according to the brand guides and the marketing initiatives, that is where I go and I talk and how I do X, Y, Z to achieve such goal. Yeah. And that's sort of like just a very high level view from me of where things go. Um, tactical initiatives that's going to rely upon Jonathan and Michaela and, and Mitch and creative to kind of come in mm-hmm. and, execute those per each pillar. Yeah. Does that answer? Yeah, well, it, it does. Well, not a very basic level, but one of the things, and again, going back to the brand guide, not to beat, beat it to death, but you kind of have, you set up sort of templates. This is what it looks like when you're making a Facebook post. This is what it sounds like when you're doing the podcast. You you set up, you make it easy for people, you know, step one, step two, step three, and you give them little scripts. I mean, there, there's, uh, I did a, I've done a ton of work in the healthcare industry with big fortune 500 companies and their brand guys would actually have samples, radio scripts for, you know, different times of year, different products so that nobody is deviating from the path. Aren't mm-hmm. you like Medicare certified? I could, yeah. Uh, I know more about, <laughs> I know more about Medicare and Medicaid and, and the products associated with those than I ever really cared to know. <laughs> You know, I know from, you know, just from my world of, of fundraising, you know, as a fundraiser, there are, there are stories and, and things that nonprofits do that, you know, I use the word sexy or, or sexier sure. than, you know, than other stuff that we might do. Like there's, you know, there's some stories that, man, they just pull at your heartstrings. They, they mm-hmm. tell that story and they just reel people in. And then there's other, it's still meaningful work. It still has amazing impact, but it's not the sexy ask. It's not the sexy story that, that tends to raise philanthropic dollars, which is ultimately my job. Uh, and so, so that's, a, you know, you don't want to, you know, push or, you know, programs that we do to the side because they, they still have high impact. They right. still are very important to our, to our mission, core, core work that we do, but then it's not this, not the same from a fundraising level, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, and to a large degree, uh, in advertising in general, sexy is in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. It all depends on who that end customer is you're trying to reach. What's going to be sexy to a corporate donor mm-hmm. is going to be different than what's sexy to the individual donor. Correct. Um, everybody's got a heart, but I would think that that individual donor's heartstrings are much more tender than that corporate donor who's used to being asked and begged all the time. It, it, it all comes back to what's in it for me, what makes it relevant for me as an individual, mm-hmm. me as a, as a corporation that's looking for a philanthropic avenue. Yeah. You're still trying to do the same thing. It's just, you just have to learn. It's like the difference between a carpet bomb, <laughs> if I may, <laughs> and a cruise missile. Well, I'm glad that this show is no longer on YouTube because that would get like bleeped. <laughs> but, but 
if you if you if you yeah if you if you yeah if you if you pardon the brusqueness of that analogy. Okay, there's twenty dollars we just spent. Thanks, Mitch. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what we word. from our end, it's all about building cruise missiles that yeah. hit very defined targets. Exactly. Yeah. It's a great analogy. Have you been like watching a lot of stuff that's going on in Eastern Europe? <laughs> What's this with all these now? Like, I, usually if I come to the come to the table with analogies, it's it's because you know, like pop culture. Like, did you see what? I, and okay, I don't know. Anyway, word pictures, <laughs> history lesson, exactly. word pictures. Yeah, exactly. isn't it? Um, we kind of like hit positioning and personality it being important to the work. Um, people donate to people they trust. Uh, those in your organization are key to the brand's voice and tone to remain relevant to the culture. Um, I kind of took from that, like read the room, <laughs> yeah, not just like in the room, literally, but the culture itself and what's going on today, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of piggyback on me kind of teasing Mitch a bit about, you know, weapons of mass destruction a little. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, um, if you're going to try to talk and say, I want to achieve a goal and raise funds for something then yeah. Okay. Well, what's going on in the world? Because that's probably what people are going to want to focus on to fix. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, for our world, we, you know, we deal with a lot of, uh, individuals, uh, clients that are dealing with substance use disorder. And so, you know, that's relevant, you know, the, there's a, it's in the news every day. Um, you know, there's opioid settlement dollars that are coming into states and counties and cities. And so, you know, we are, you know, we look at ourselves as part of the, of the way to solve this problem. And so we have a proven track record of success. And so, you know, I, and I think we, I think we do a good job, our marketing communications team, I think they do a good job of, of, of making sure that our work is tied to those stories. Um, and so, but that's a, that's a great point of like, what are people talking about in the community yeah, and how does relevant. your, yeah. And how does your mission align with that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking with a unified organizational voice across all channels, that was point number three. Um, yeah, you can talk about how this show goes off the rails. It's like, we get started. It started at Carpet Bomb. Yeah, it, it literally did. It's just like, we just went like, blah. But that's vivid, right? That's yeah. exactly right. Does yeah. it yeah. stick? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. In case for those who are listening, yes, Mitch is back. He's been gone for a couple of episodes or I so. I got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, he does. Um, we, uh, we, 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 I don't mind pulling the curtain back for people, but yeah, we don't like record like a show every week and then put it out on that Friday because I would lose my freaking mind. We don't? No. No. <laughs> I was just so reaction to what the audience. We're was. a small batch. <laughs> we're a small batch podcaster. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They all kind of come out in batches. So by the time you hear this, I'm sure you're like, you know, there was like six episodes. So yeah, I'm kind of glad you brought that up because what that crap happened? Because we had that happen with John. <laughs> John had disappeared for a while. And everybody's like, is he okay? <laughs> Where did John go? Yeah. But for us, it was like, well, we saw him last week and we did recording like, oh, right. Yeah. You guys are listening to like, you know, a show we did like three weeks ago. Um, I bring that up because Dave, you've been a really great supporter of the show and listener. Um, Your feedback to us about our podcast is like one of those things that helps us grow in our tone and grow in how we produce the show. Um, Thank you. Yeah. One of the things you said was that, and for anybody, and this is a bit of a shameless plug, I guess, but those that want to get into podcasting is kind of in line with what we're talking about here. Really listen to your audience. You know, you told me like, I drive a lot and I go between back and forth between places. And when it's a short show, I can listen to the whole thing and I don't have to listen to the other half and catch up later. And I was like, you know, there's no reason why we can't do 15, 30 minute episodes. 
Yeah. I think, I think it's fantastic. Like I, I knock them out and I have a short commute, but I can listen to your whole podcast, you know, and I'm, yeah. And it, it makes me want more too. Like I don't get tired of it. Yeah. And, and that's sort of the, you know, a little bit of the magic about that is like when you listen to your audience and how they consume the media that you're producing, you know, that does drive like what's going to happen and what you put out there. So that requires a lot of research. And you kind of cultivate an appetite and you feed the appetite, but you don't completely satiate the appetite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's another $20 word. It's so, 40 bucks total. It's my yeah. job. It's uh, yeah, my job. You know, there was a Christmas bonus coming, but you know, congratulations. <laughs> you just spent it all. So on, 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 on big words. Anyways, Dave, let people know where they can find you, where they can plug in uh, before we close out the show. Yeah. So you can find uh, volunteers of America mid States uh, on, uh, on the web, VOA mid.org or on any social media platform. If you want to find me, you can usually find me at Hey Dave Bell on most social media platforms. I so. love that. Yeah. I do. Uh, I am Jason Davis on uh, Twitter because of uh, I am Groot. It's not narcissistic. It's just, I was, I was in that mood. So <laughs> yeah, anyway, he's growing out of his head that day. Yeah. But anyways, if you want to check out nerd brand future podcast episodes, go to nerdbrandagency.com slash podcast. Or we prefer if you can go to Apple Podcasts, search for Nerd Brand, listen there, subscribe there, because that algorithm actually feeds and does much more for us than you going to our website and listening to it. Or if you're just a Spotify person, you like to go to Spotify, go to Spotify, uh, whatever you like out there. Um, but if you do want to go to our website, that's fine, too. Whatever works for you. Yeah. If you want to watch past episodes, you can go to YouTube. And now we finally have our handle on YouTube. You can just look hey. up. Yeah. YouTube.com slash nerdbrand uh, at nerdbrand agency. I think it's what we've been sticking with. So you can find that there. Um, and, you know, everybody out there, just remember, keep your nerd brand strong. <laughs>